Okay, before we get started today, I'd like to make a quick announcement. Over the last several years, I have spent a lot of time working with investors just like you. Investors who have started their business, got it off the ground, got a little bit of momentum, but just don't know how to scale up from there. They don't know how to take a small business doing a deal here and there and really systemize it and scale it up in a profitable way. I have been helping people for so many years do exactly that. I did it in my own business first, and then I helped other people replicate that success in their business. And my announcement to you is that I am ready to help you do the exact same thing right now. I have developed a program that's called the Seven Figure Investor Blueprint. And it's called that because I wanna take you from wherever you are in your business right now and help you ramp it up into a seven-figure profit business. You can do this. I know you've told yourself that you wanna do it. And for whatever reason, it's just not working out. But I wanna teach you things like how to market, to find the best deals, how to analyze those deals, how to negotiate with sellers and wholesalers to get the best possible deals how to get those deals funded, whether it's private funding, hard money lending, whatever. I wanna help you understand the best way for you to fund those deals, and then how to structure those deals for maximum profit. And then finally, how to build a team around you. You don't have to do everything in your business. And in fact, you shouldn't be doing everything. I don't do everything in my business and it runs really, really well. In fact, it runs better when I'm not trying to do everything. And I wanna teach you exactly how to do that. All you have to do, if this sounds interesting to you, if this sounds like something that you must do in 2022 to reach your goals, go to sevenfigureinvestor.com. That's the word seven, sevenfigureinvestor.com. Sign up. I want to help you this year achieve all of your business goals, but you have to go and sign up first. It's seven, the word seven, figureinvestor.com. I cannot wait to see you inside the program. We are going to do great things this year. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how good your credit score is or any of that. You you need to educate yourself. You know what? I think it's almost worse if you have a lot of money when you start because you'll lean on that. You said that. Yep. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey, thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I appreciate it. Welcome back. If you've been a listener in the past, if you listen regularly, welcome back. I appreciate it. If you're new, welcome to the show. Hopefully, we meet or exceed your expectations of what you think this podcast is going to be. I do have a good one for you guys today. I have a former professional basketball player turned real estate investor. Uh, he is the CEO of United Home Relief. He's also the founder of a youth basketball camp called Above Max Basketball, and he's an author. He wrote the book Overcome, The Key to Unlocking Your Superhuman. He's been featured on Yahoo, Disrupt Magazine, Big Time Daily, lots of publications. Uh, he is a rising star in the real estate world. He has not been in it that terribly long, just like three years now, but he's absolutely crushing it. He's got some great messages and his rise uh, to success that he's had thus far has been pretty fast and pretty impressive. And he's learned a ton along the way. And we talk about all of that, guys. So get ready, buckle up. I give you Art Morrison the third. 
Hey, Art, thanks for being here on the show, man. I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I'm so excited for this this uh, interview. I watched a bunch of your episodes and um, cool. I'm really excited. So, <laughs> All right. Well, thank, thanks for doing that. I tell you what, I, I know some people come onto the show from time to time and they don't have the slightest idea what's, you know, who I am, what what's going on. And not that you should know who I am, but I appreciate the homework. I do homework on my end. I appreciate when people come prepared. So <laughs> thanks for doing that. Yeah. My goal was to watch one and I watched 20 because they were all so oh, informative and I'm wow. still learning. So yeah. That's an endorsement. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. I want to talk a little bit about your background. And I, I don't want to spend too much time because I know people are here for the real estate. They're here for the nuggets and they, they want right. to get some gold bombs. But but just for context, tell tell the folks who are listening a little bit about who you are, where you come from. Yep. Yep. So my name is Art Morrison III. Uh, I'm intentional about the third piece because uh, my, my dad wasn't, he didn't have his fortune of a life that I had when I was younger. My mom used to get on me if I didn't use the third because, you know, I came from a family, my dad was in and out of prison, that kind of scenario. Yeah. Right. So um, at the time, my claim to fame was basketball. So I played basketball my whole life, ended up playing professionally up until 2014, 2015. Um, and then after that, I dove into entrepreneurship because even in professional basketball, it was having a job, didn't like it, started above max basketball, my youth basketball organization, wasn't enough money dove into real estate. Um, so now here I am, I applied everything I learned through basketball and being an entrepreneur, put it into real estate and have experienced some success. So I'm a former professional athlete turned real estate entrepreneur and I, I couldn't be happier for, the, for that transition. So I love that. And, and I have a question for you and I love asking former current athletes who are in you know business in general, but real estate obviously is who people I'm yeah. talking to. What do you think not just professional sports, but playing sports in general, what did that do for you? How did that, if any, if any impact at all, how did it impact your business life? Yeah, this is a great question. And I get asked it so often. Um, every time my answer is different because there's so much value from yeah. playing a sport, being an athlete or being a part of any sort of organization that requires discipline at a young age. Yep. I don't care if it's Boy Scouts. I don't care if it's dance, which I, I guess is a sport, but uh, what I'm saying is that the discipline, the character building, the commitment, uh, when you apply that to entrepreneurship or business in general, you're setting yourself up for success. And for me, because I, my background was a little rougher and I was so hungry to achieve success and I had early on practice at pouring into, in this case, basketball, yeah. um, any time that I got into that mentality of hunger, it allowed me to just click it on. So in real estate, when you know, if I didn't feel like we had enough deals, I didn't feel like we were raising capital at, at the pace that we needed to, I could just click it on because I, 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 can, I know what it felt like, whether it was in a game or just in life, uh, what it means to, okay, it's time to win. Hey, yeah. this ain't, the, the game ain't going in the direction that we needed to go. It's time to <laughs> change it. Change, do I got to lock in on defense? Do I need to score more? What do I need to do? So that character building, that discipline, that commitment, that, that persistence, Applying it to to business really helped me and will help anyone who's Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think people you don't have to be you don't have to have sports in your background to be successful in business, but I do see that people who have some sort of team sport or even individual sport, something where they had to like sacrifice blood, sweat, tears, all that it does help them in business because it doesn't always go perfectly. Every day isn't like raining money, right? Every, every day can be different and some days are really challenging. And if you don't have that discipline to like get off yeah. the mat 
and and go again, you know, it's going to be really, really tough. If you had a coddled life where everything just sort of went your way and your parents gave yep. you, you know, awards for trying and, you know, all that stuff that we kind of make fun of now. But yep. honestly, if you don't have, if you haven't developed that inner discipline, it, it'll be even tougher for you, I think, to, to make a go of it in business. Absolutely. So. I mean, overcoming adversity is really, I, I gave a long version of saying that, overcoming adversity. Yep. But then you just mentioned team, like, the team aspect and you know i'm sure we're going to dive in on here how um I, i'm huge on a team in real estate because i started with no money my credit was bad i needed a team in order to get to it, even where i am today yeah and that was huge like i was even at my college when i was playing college ball the youngest team captain um and i was a captain as a freshman long story short yeah because i just had this leadership quality i communicated well that was big. I, I had experience in playing for a lot of coaches, right? When I was younger, my parents were divorcing. I went to five high schools. Okay. So I just had, I understood that. So when it was yeah. time for me to dive into business and real estate, I knew exactly how to communicate with people, what makes people tick, how to make people, how to incentivize people. And yeah. I became a master of team building, which ultimately led to me doing pretty well in the syndication space. Yeah, I, I love that. So let's talk about it. You got out of basketball, I think you said 14, 15, 2014, yep. 15 timeframe. What did you do first? What was your first instinct? I, oh, I think you, did you start, is that where you started the basketball camp? Is that yes, when that happened? I started a basketball organization uh, just because I, I loved entrepreneurship and my skill, my talent at the time was basketball. Yeah. And I stopped playing basketball because my career was, it was only a two-year career and it was rocky because of India had injury yeah. Um, playing basketball in Europe isn't like the NBA. You may or may not get paid. A team might lose a sponsor and they got to cut you and you got to get another team. Agents steal money. It's it's a very different, more corrupt yeah. um, league or it's a bunch of leagues, but um, federation than it is like the NBA. So because of that, the volatility, I was like, yo, I, I can't come home and go through that again by getting a job. Because yeah. ultimately when you get a job and I don't job shame, but when you have a job and you're working for someone else's corporation, you don't have the control yeah. over what happens when things like COVID happens or the, there's financial issues and they have to make cuts. You don't have sure. control. Yep. And I needed to take control. Um, so I started my youth basketball organization and I was, I was doing well. I was doing well in a space that doing well is here. Yeah. Real estate is a space where doing well is like yeah. something that where I'm from, yep. we've never even seen. So I said, okay, this is just simple math. If I apply this same effort and talent, and all that stuff into something like real estate where the sky is the limit. Right. I, I knew I would, like, I literally knew I would be successful. I just knew it yeah. because I just was in an industry that had a ceiling. Yep. Absolutely. So when, what year did you dive into real estate? When did you, well, how did you find it for, I mean, find it. Everyone knows about real estate, yeah, but yeah. what, 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 what was the spark for real estate? Yeah. So I got a shout out my older brother, who's Jay Morrison. He was always into real estate. He was the first, uh, like success that I saw from like my immediate family. I remember coming out of basketball practice in high school. One of my teammates' dads was a doctor and he drove a 2006 Range Rover. Yeah. But my brother who was in real estate, who's like been in a prison and all this other stuff also drove a 2006 Range Rover. And I came out of practice <laughs> and I got in the wrong car. I got in the doctor's car yeah. instead of my older brother's. Right? Yeah. My older brother was like 25, 26, but he was crushing wholesaling at the time before like wholesaling was huge now. Yeah. So that I seen real estate success early when I was tunnel vision on basketball, yep. but I knew it was there. So that was that was huge for me. So after I decided to get into real estate, it was around 2018 
But because my older brother was already in it, I literally was secretively doing it. I didn't want to put myself out there because I didn't want people to think I was just like following in his footsteps or just like, so I I was secretly doing market research, you know, marketing to to sellers directly, stumbling over deals until I eventually got my first deal at the end of 2018 going into 2019. I did a successful you know, like wholesale, but like stayed in it on the back end to learn flipping kind of syndication thing I put (laughs) together. And and from there it was, it was over. So Uh, just a quick question for you, quick question. So you were doing kind of wholesaling back then, but, and you were marketing to sellers directly. Um, where, first of all, where was that? What market were you in when you were doing So I was in, uh, I call it the worst market ever, but I was in New Jersey, central Jersey, okay, um, middle-class New Jersey. And, um, yeah, yeah, middle okay. uh, central, like literally smack dab in the middle. So not, uh, not like New York market, not like Philly market. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with New Jersey, but like North is New York, yep. Philly South, and then the middle is like kind of this this <laughs> desert of business. It's like weird, yeah. But that's so where I was. Let me ask you this, and I'm just this. I'm a kind of a I'm a marketing nerd a little bit, so I'm just curious. Yeah. Were you sending letters, postcards, something else? What were you sending out? So this is before I knew any of that. So my first wholesale deal was a neighbor's house. Oh, okay. I was living in my my best friend's basement. He's like he's sitting right here. I was living in his basement trying to figure it out, and I had all this real estate knowledge. So I knew what a motivated seller looked like. Yeah. So my marketing skills were like bandit signs. I got a bunch of tickets because I didn't even understand the laws behind bandit signs. <laughs> yeah, I was posting on Instagram a lot, which I ended up getting a deal from Instagram. But I was just doing the ways that I knew how to market from like my basketball company. Okay. I didn't even get into like how you're really supposed to market in, in yeah. real estate. Yeah, so yeah. Like, I'm, I'm young in the game. Now I would consider myself like a marketing buff and I can't wait to get into some of the techniques okay. that we use now. But at the time it was just from, I go on walks a lot when I'm, I'm on phone calls yep. and I saw my neighbor put in a, a for sale by owner sign in the, in the window. So I just walked up to him. I didn't know him because the house was vacant for some time. And I said, are you, you know, you're selling that house. I'm art. I'll buy it. You know, take the sign down now. And yeah. we got into attorney review the next day. Uh, we we came to terms, and I had the potential to make forty thousand dollars my first wholesale deal. Wow! I took I took twenty in the form of five thousand dollars a month, and the person I sold it to let me in on the back end of the deal and agreed to mentor me in fixing and flipping. Nice. So I had this whole. It was like, but now that I'm telling this story, it sounds like it was like meant to be. You know, like I don't yeah, know yeah. if you believe in God or whatever the universe, <laughs> but it was like, oh, like you know, the, the sun was shining on this property as this God puts it for sale by owner house and i think his mom passed away left them the house they tried running it didn't go well like a perfect distress sure yeah that's exactly perfect and the fact that you got him to take a sign out of the yard right away was awesome right so you didn't have a lot of competition it doesn't sound like yeah i mean that's the i knew the power of off-market deals yeah i already knew so i knew let me get this get the sign out the window mind you the sign he was putting in the window i always tell the story it was a terrible sign i couldn't even (laughs) read it from the street and i was walking on the sidewalk. oh that's funny so i knew that he was someone that just didn't know and most of the time when we're whether you're wholesaling or trying to find properties the big thing is offering a solution to people that just don't know yeah he just knows i don't want to pay commission yep so i'm gonna put this little sign from home depot in the window and hope somebody calls or texts it too you know he doesn't care so I knew all of that. Everything I'm saying now is all I knew at the time. I didn't know marketing <laughs> or real estate. I just knew I have to be a solution to this guy. He's yeah. going to be pumped and I'm going to get a house for a discount. That's huge. And honestly, I think that's like a message that I say, I think sometimes is overlooked. Everyone gets all concerned about running the numbers. How much am I going to make? What's the renovation? Yeah. At, the, at, the, at the end of the day, 
if you don't find someone who's motivated to sell their house, you're probably going to pay too much because you're excited to get your deal. You yep. need to find motivation. If you've got motivation, you can make anything work. You just need motivation. And that's you obviously had that in your first deal. That's major. I wrote a blog about that deal. So pumped about it. And in the blog, uh, I said, if I said, just jump in and figure it out when I was talking about real estate. So I'm happy you brought up running numbers because I, I kind of knew the numbers well enough to like make an offer. Like, I didn't really know. It was my first deal ever. So what did I do? I ran to everyone who I thought maybe would know. Yeah. Whether, whether it was blog posts or Facebook group, yep. realtors, people I knew in the industry. Like my instinct was to seek mentorship or seek education. And a lot of people skip that part too. I have so yeah. many people that are like, I want to do what you do, man. I got 100K in the bank. And I'm like, okay. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how good your credit score is or any of that. You you need to educate yourself. You know what? I think it's almost worse if you have a lot of money when you start because oh, you'll lean on that. You said that. Yep. You know, people who start with nothing, they learn real fast how to find a good deal and make money, right? People with a lot of money, yeah. you know, sometimes they'll make a mistake. People with a lot of money are, are handicapped. I, I coach a lot of people and the ones who don't have anything almost always have the most success because they're listening to everything that you're saying. Yep. They're taking notes. They're more attentive. Whereas the, the, you know, the people with capital already are more likely to put the cart before the horse yep. and just want to dive into the deal. And yep. a lot of times my biggest coaching like win is by letting them yeah, go out there, lose your shirt and come right on back. Yep. And now let's learn the way we're supposed to. Yep. Sometimes you got to lose in this game too, which I'm sure we're going to get to on, on this episode. Well, as well, people who have a lot of money to lose will lose it. You know what I mean? Like they're willing to lose it, they'll lose it. Yeah. So let's let's get into it. So you did wholesaling first for a while, and and again, like we could be here for hours, right? Just diving into everything. Yeah. But I really want to make sure people understand because this is something that it's not unique. But I think the the speed and the how early you did it is is a little unique. You went from doing wholesaling for just a short amount of time to syndications. Yeah. And so. Why? Why? First of all, why? Why did you? What did you like about wholesaling? First of all, I think I know, but I want to hear you say what what you liked about wholesaling, and then why did you feel a need to do anything else? Great question, amazing question. You've done your research. So that wholesale deal was my first and almost only wholesale deal. Okay, but it almost this wasn't even a wholesale deal because of the way that I structured. It. Yeah, yeah. So I had syndicated actually my first deal, and the reason why I jumped to that was because. I know I knew that wholesaling was a volume play and I knew myself and I knew I wasn't even the type of personality to do 40 deals a month at a national average of $10,000, right? Like I just mm -hmm. knew that wasn't me if I wanted to get to being a, you know, wealthy. Yeah. So I, I knew that national average on a flip, right? was 60,000. I also knew from studying all these years that I was hiding in real estate that Wholesaling isn't the only no money down strategy. I knew that at the level of uh, commercial buildings or skyscrapers, it's done using what everyone's saying is OPM, other people's money, whether it's institutionalized, raised capital funds, yep. whatever. So I was like, you know, if I can obtain 90%, 80% LTV from a hard money lender, the other 20% is what I have to come up with. I know people usually save syndicating for big deals, but what if I applied it to smaller deals sure. and just raise capital privately? Mind you, I was so young in the game, I didn't realize how 
little fifty thousand dollars was in real estate. You know what I mean? Twenty five. <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand yeah. that. That was like people are like, oh yeah, here you need fifty here. Yeah. So once I got wind of that, then we were able to scale our marketing and be able to do you know ten flips a year um, later on. But it, it happened fairly quick. That first year we did that deal. We bought our first multifamily um, with the money that we made from the deal that I just described to everyone. Yep. And then we got from posting on Instagram about the first deal, we got someone else off Instagram who I went to high school with. Their neighbor was selling their home. So we were able to literally do the same thing with a different uh, investor or partner. Nice. I, I collected a wholesale fee, but like kind of syndicated my way into the back end so that I can shadow it, make cool with the contractor. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, now like I have not only was I syndicating these deals, but I was also syndicating my company. Mm. All of these people I still work with. Now we have long-term partnerships. We, right. So nice. um, I was setting up for scale, but to answer your question, what made me want to do it was I liked the idea of actually owning it. Like my obsession with entrepreneurship, owning my own destiny was the same reason why I was obsessed with owning the property. Yeah. So I'm like, wholesaling is cool, but I never really own it. And I want to build some net worth for myself, longevity. Right. And I knew um, like with syndication, I can do the, same like no money down type strategy, yep. but actually own it yeah. and be able to, we can get into burst strategy and stuff later. I still didn't learn until later, but be <laughs> able to own it for myself. I don't even need partners on it if I can get the deal low enough and all that kind of stuff. But okay. it just kept getting more and more exciting to answer your question. So what are I, you into? Like, as far as the real estate goes, I watched um, a couple of your YouTube videos uh, and I saw that you and your brother were standing in a building that you own, a commercial building. What kind of real estate now are you investing in? Is it all commercial? Is it some still residential? Or w- what is it you look for? Great, great question. So the building that my brother and I were in, uh, he is uh, the founder and manager of the Tulsa Real Estate Fund, which is the first ever uh, Black-owned real estate crowdfund, which is really mm-hmm. cool. So that building was acquired with that fund. Um which is amazing. It's our, you know, our family fund. We're, we're very excited about it. But me personally, um, we have a fix and flip kind of wing in New Jersey because that's how we started. We have a team built for that. And that wasteland you talked about, are you still, are you doing I'm, it I'm calling it a wasteland. And, and now I just relocated <laughs> to, Flor- to Florida, Tampa, Florida, which you know is a hot market. It's competitive, yeah. but it's hot. Yeah. And it's just so much easier to market. People are just way more responsive. Yeah. There's just more yeah. to go around. Yeah, yeah. But anywho, yeah. So we, but also it's a wasteland, but that was where it was my hometown sure. where I was born yeah, and raised. Yeah. So the yeah. connections there almost make it yeah. not a wasteland because yeah. it's it's, e- it's easier to dominate. If someone thinks of real estate, they're thinking of me yep. and I'm getting, without even marketing, I'm getting motivated, motivated sellers, awesome. you know, blowing up our phone. So we have that there um, on a national scale. We're looking at syndicating. Um, we're staying still between like the four and 10 unit commercial Okay. Um, we're not going really too too big because again, the, like that whole story I just told was late 2018, early 2019. You know, we're yeah. sitting here and it's 2022, so we're um kind of crawling before we're walking. But this is the year where we really want to basically let loose, take the leash off, and not be afraid to make mistakes. You okay. know, we've built our company to the point where we have a little little cushion um, educationally and financially. So our ultimate goal is to find a niche. And I think that niche is going to be commercial multi-units in markets that we can short-term rent. Still under 10? Or th- is this the year where you go more than 10? And, and if, if, if under yeah. 10, why? I want to know why. I'm curious. The only reason why under 10 is management. Okay. 
property management, project management. Um, yeah. I, I'm conservative. All my partners tell me I'm too conservative. You know, the, <laughs> so this uh, is the year to let the leash off, though. You said this is that's what All I'm right. saying. So, so this is the year where we'll, we'll, we'll break <laughs> over. Tal- so that's cool. what I'm saying. Not under ten. Definitely want to want to let the leash off for sure. Okay. Uh, um, I, everyone who's an expert will tell you that you know it just takes one uh, one property, a hundred unit property, and now it's it's way less work than doing ten. 10 units. Yeah, that's what I've always heard. It's like, it's almost like no man's land to be in that like 10 to 20, 30, whatever. Like that's, that's the hardest one to do. That's why I'm asking because I've always heard too from people I've interviewed, like I wouldn't even think about doing something under 50 units. It's just the same amount of work, but like it's, it's hard. It's harder for less pay or whatever. Like uh, yeah. go, go big, right? So, but I'm not, I, I'm not in that space. So I, I'm not trying to push Me that. Either. I was more that's curious. I'm on this podcast. I can scared, you know, <laughs> but eventually I'm going to be back on here and I'm going to be like, yeah, man, I was doing 10 units. I was stupid. 150 units or more. I want to get that. That's definitely ultimately the goal. Just trying to figure out when strategically yeah. so that we don't get ourselves in a, in a bad situation. Uh, like even last year was the first year we really dove into compliance. I wasn't even aware of compliance. Luckily, I was compliant because I was raising capital privately among people who yeah. were loved ones, friends and family for a long time. I wasn't necessarily aware of it until my brother, who, like I told told you, has a fund, was like, bro, are you doing X, Y, Z, this, <laughs> that? Okay, here are my compliance attorneys. Yeah, You're growing. That's good. You're, you're killing it. Um, but some of the Instagram posts you might have put up might be flirting the line. Yeah. Let's clean that up. So that was last year. So this year... Um, with the plans of scaling and everything that we're saying, we, we want to make sure it's airtight. That's the only reason why I would main, remain conservative yeah. would really be like a capital reason and making sure that we can manage it in the way that we've been managing what we've been doing. But you're right, man. Scared money don't make no money. Hey, Long I'll tell you sharing. what, though. One thing I've, I heard recently, and I love this analogy, and they said the, the guy who said it was like, you when you're on the ground... You look up at a mountain top and you say, I want to get there. That I want to get to the top of the mountain. And when you get to the top of that mountain, suddenly you can see all the other bigger mountains around you. And you can, now you can see their peaks. And so I think I'm, I'm not really making fun. I'm, I'm really just more want to have the conversation for the folks listening who say, I, I'm afraid to do 100, 200. Like, there's no way, man. Like, I want them to hear that you started off doing much smaller units and work your way up because... It's like you can't see those huge mountains when you're on the ground, but you climb to that first mountain and you look up and go, now I can see the peak of the other mountain. And then you climb to that mountain. So it's a process. Nobody really, unless they were born into crazy money in a real estate family, they're not hitting the ground buying 100, 200 units. You know, it yeah. just doesn't start that way. Everybody starts wholesaling, flipping, that kind of thing, landlord. And, and if they want to get into that, they work their way up. So I, I'm I'm more teasing you. I, I totally no, know no, you'll great. end up with I, huge buildings. I know it. it. It's my claim to fame. I, I do not mind being transparent about still being a part of that journey. Sure. I share that even with all my clients. Like I, and I still have, I got to get checked sometimes. My partners will say, like, they'll just remind me of where we are. When we yeah. took our first property by ourselves without any mentors or weird syndications, we did our first property by ourselves. It was my whole life. I was posting about it every day. I'm like, I can't good. believe it. And we made a nice little six figure check. And I'm yeah. like, man, this is this is amazing. You know, that was the only flip that we did that year. The next year we did 10. But both of those milestones, if you would have caught me on a podcast like this, I would have spoken about them. Like before them, I would have spoken about them the way I just spoke about 100 units. Like, yeah. oh, well, we just want to, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, so I understand the journey, but I do understand that 
the only thing holding me back is me. And it, it is like, you do got to understand the journey, but you also got to not be afraid to like take that next step. Cause the next step is real. It's a, mm-hmm. it's not like, I'm not like I'm saying I'm going to do anything historic. Like I wouldn't be the first person who bought a hundred units, 500 units, a thousand units. Just like I wasn't the first person to flip a house, right. or flip 10 houses in a year, even 10 in a year is like, I, I listen to podcast episodes and like, yeah, we're flipping 150 a year. You know, I have one of my partners yeah. does 150 flips a year. Yep. So it's, it's realistic. So you can, you know, use someone else's story, just like someone maybe could use my story. On totally. Business. And if I'm, and if I have my investor hat on, I'm listening to you saying, good, I want to invest with someone who doesn't bite off more they can chew, someone who takes a, a progression. So from an investor standpoint, that's exactly what I want to hear. I don't want to hear right. some guy going caution to the wind. I don't, I don't care what I know. <laughs> I don't care what I don't know. I'm just going to do it and hope for the best. Right. Like there's something to be said for not like, putting the you know the the cart before the horse kind of a thing. So I think that's awesome. Talk can you talk to me a little bit about and we don't have tons of time but I want to I want to dive into just a little bit how you We can you, do a part 2 episode, man. Like, yeah, that's true. Go. We that's true. We can do a part 2. <laughs> but I want to hear a little bit about your uh raising money. I I heard it I heard you say you've been you've been doing a lot of raising money friends and family people you know really well. I'm assuming you're getting beyond that that circle now. How how does that look? What does that lo- look like for you when when you're raising money? For sure. So from a, I had a strong network. I played professional basketball. I owned a youth basketball organization. I uh, People were trusting me with their children, mm-hmm. right? Um, so when it came to doing real estate, it was very easy to trust me with their financials. Um, right. So that just came extremely natural. And then, you know, I, I kind of broke down how we were doing it for the flips. I was guaranteeing the loan for essentially 90% of the capital that we needed. So the skin in the game that we were requiring of investors wasn't much. Mm. Um, I, I I had a lot of skin in the game, so that's always a, another good. Sure. If you're an investor, you're like, okay, cool. Like this guy isn't going to whatever. He's going to be a good fiduciary because he has he's, sure. he's in it as well. Yeah. So we started that way. We're kind of transitioning from that into the 506c space, Reg D 506c space, and um, yep. that limits us to only accredited investors, but that's okay because this experience that we've gotten has allowed us to start building a brand uh, on Instagram and social media and, you know, even um, in our locations, right. in our demographics, uh, which will allow us to publicly raise uh, among more polished and seasoned investors. Uh, I believe under 4A2 it is in Jersey. We could either a raise capital um, privately or, partner with people strategically that had the capital. And yeah. at that point, you're not technically raising, you're, you're partnering, but we structured it always the same. Yeah. So yeah, I just took everything that I understood and knew about raising capital for real estate deals. I knew that when you're wholesaling, you need to package the deal up mm-hmm. to be a good, a good looking deal to sell it, to motivate, uh, to cash buyers. Yep. So that was like really the green light. It was like, I can package this deal up equally as beautiful. Right. Yep. Make it very plain and clear of why it's a good deal. And I can take that to my general network. I mean, anyone who's listening, start off mom, dad, aunt, uncle, yep. cousin, anyone who you know is doing okay for themselves and, and can comfortably invest. Yeah. Come come on in and invest. And our, our, our mission at first was like young people, you know, millennials, like we're going to be who breaks through, breaks millennials through in real estate, which is very admirable. Uh, it didn't really last long because we, a compliance laws and stuff, but, but B, we understood that even from an investor relations and, and customer service perspective, 
it wasn't the best bet for the company. It didn't yeah. allow me to be the most responsible fiduciary to other investors who might not be a young millennial because we're raising capital among right. people that don't understand. Yep. You know, and that's really what all the laws are laid out to do totally. is protect the people that don't understand, right? So yep. totally. um, but I'm saying all that to say it, it was very easy because I developed a trustworthy brand and network and relationship my whole life. Yeah. Being a good person paid off. <laughs> so when I decided to launch a real estate company, everyone knew, already knew that I was smart. Everyone knew I was totally. competent. Everyone knew I was trustworthy. Everyone knew I was a good boy. Right. And they yep. <laughs> they had no problem in investing and allowed us to scale extremely quickly in our first two years. You know, I always tell people that investors uh, invest money with people, not companies, not, not companies, prospectus, yep. not, not track records. They they have to like you and trust you as a person. And it, and the rest almost doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, the investment has to make sense. But yep. man, people get all caught up and I don't have a lot of experience. I don't have a track record. No one's going to take me. Man, if they like you, if they trust you, they'll lend you money. I've gotten money. I've had money lent to me from people who had options that had a lot more experience than I did back in the day. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a question for you. And this is, I don't, I never do this. I really think it's bad interview style, but I'm, I want to, I want to go right back to the beginning of our interview when you talked yep. about your upbringing and stuff. Cause as I'm listening to you, I have a question. First of all, do you have any other siblings other than your brother that you mentioned? Yeah. Three siblings. Okay. So three additional and like you, your brother, sorry, two so, more. Yeah. Me, my brother and two more. Correct. Okay. Um, so I'm wondering what, what do you think happened? Like, I know you, you sort of alluded to briefly the dad situation was was complicated, but what happened in your childhood, do you think, that produced at least you and your brother, obviously, you're doing really well, you're crushing it. Like, that's not that's not a coincidence, right? Something yeah. There's something there that produced at least the two of you that I know of that are crushing it, right? What do you think that was? And, and again, I'm, I'm going back to like, childhood, which is like the yeah, beginning yeah. of the interview. It's not no, really it the focus, but Somebody I just think it makes a difference. Yeah. Uh, so uh, shameless plug. So I, I'm an author. I wrote a book. It's called Overcome, but it's a self-help book. So it's the key to unlocking your superhuman. Not, It's not like a biography, but I right. used, um, I used a uh, long story short, it's understanding that you are going through something was half half the battle so yeah my older brother's story we're 10 years apart he's the oldest i'm the second youngest so we have two completely different stories and understanding so when he was experiencing his success and i didn't have the same story there was a period of time where i felt like i wasn't built for that same success because my story wasn't like that yeah i had him as a resource right i was my father was doing better when I was 16 than when he was 16, right? Yeah. Or whatever. So, um, but once I was able to identify the things that I was going through, I was able to transform them into a superpower. So to answer your question for me, like basketball was my everything at the time. I told you I went to five different high schools yeah. because of my parents divorcing. I went to five schools that mm -hmm. made me have to sit a half of basketball season, my junior year, um, which is an important year for anyone who knows sure. sports, right? Yeah. My senior year, second game, I broke my hand. I missed half the season. So I do an extra year of high school to get a college scholarship. That school gets shut down because it wasn't NCAA compliant. So I missed a whole freshman year of college, wow. right? And then 
my senior year of college, I tore my knee. I blew my knee out eight games in. So I missed a whole senior year and still played professionally, which that inspired me to write my book. Literally, as I'm writing the book is when I'm understanding, like I'm learning myself. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're superhuman. And here's why. It was just not only overcoming the adversity, but even recognizing adversity. Everyone's adversity comes different. I didn't go to like prison like my uh, like my brother did or my dad. Right. Like our stories are different. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one of my siblings to graduate college, have a bachelor's degree. Um, All of that kind of all of that kind of fit in. So you could look at it two ways. You could look at it as like privilege and, you know, or you could look at you can identify like, okay, what are my obstacles? And how do those obstacles make me better? So I don't think it's a coincidence in story, but it's it's certainly um, we're very self-aware, both my brother and I, extremely emotionally intelligent. And I just think we both possess the talent to identify, well, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. And people don't say that about themselves enough over small, small things, you know, like you once you start identifying like hey this is amazing like what i just did was amazing so when i started identifying that is when i kind of developed my superpower and honestly right after i wrote that book is right when i got into real estate nice that's when i realized i can go in any industry yeah and crush it totally and you know something that really doesn't get enough enough play in this world is being self-aware. I think people who are self-aware for the, for the better and for the worse, they can see what they're great at and, and they, they get it and they know what they're not great at or where they have failed or whatever. Like they yeah. they fall short and they own it. Like those people are dangerous. Yeah. It's the, all that is huge. That's a superpower in itself. It sure is. It, and it sure. And it's not common. I, I just don't see it a lot <laughs> in the world. Seriously. People yeah. are, are way willing to, to see their strengths. That's not as, as uncommon, but to acknowledge and be fully aware of, of their weaknesses, that's and their, and the things that they're not great at. Like that's, that's rare because when you know that, then you can build, we didn't really get into it this time and we'll do it on part two. Right. But we, that's when you learn, when you start building a team around you, you build a team that complements you. And I know my, I'm very self-aware too. I feel like I'm, I'm self-aware to a fault. My dad was a Marine yeah. man. You want to know your faults? You get raised by a Marine. He'll show them. He'll, he'll point them out. He'll, <laughs> he'll bring them out. So I, I realized at a youngish age, what I wasn't good at, where I needed help in my business. And I, I brought people in who were great where I wasn't. And phew, the power in that is, is off the charts. And I know you're big on team and, and we will have to do a part two because I want to get into, I think team building and what that means to your success and what it means to your to your freedom of time, right? Because oh, I know man. part of what you talk about is is not being a slave, getting on the hamster, not not working 80, quitting a nine to five just to work 80 hours for yourself is stupid, right? So yeah. how do you build that, that team around you, that network that allows you to be successful financially, them to be successful financially, but also give you back your life and, and have that quality Partnerships of time? Partnerships and a good team are literally the number one real estate hack. Yeah. I, I don't agree. care what anyone says. It's I agree. Partnership and, and a good team. The team could be your investors, whatever. It could be a credit partner. And that's all they do is they guarantee all your. It does, but like you said, when you have a team that complements you, you're just going to be clicking, man. Golden yep. State Warriors. It's just, it's going to be easy for you. So and we you. hit that level. Um, I'm a small scale. Obviously, we're still new. So I'm just trying to figure out how to scale it. I'm like, this is amazing. I have deals going on in this state, deals in that state. This, I got a, uh, a multifamily partner. I got a fix and flip partner, you know, and yep. so it, um, it all 
comes into play, even how you just mentioned your Marine father, like our stories are completely different, but because of self-awareness, we understood how to leverage or, or turn our stories, turn our, whatever you want to call it, adversity, if you want to call it that, into a strong character who yep. can have amazing podcast or run a small fix and flip syndication real estate operation yep. or play professional basketball or whatever. So absolutely. Dude, listen, I, like I said, we, we'll have to do a part two. We'll have to to do this. And I want to focus really hard on teams, building teams. How do you create a team that loves to come and work and, and, and crush it for you? But let's let's tell people, first of all, where they can find you. If somebody says, I, I need to know more, I want to get in his world. And by the way, guys, uh, definitely go check out the book Overcome. Is it on Amazon or do they have to go somewhere it's else? On, no, it's on Amazon okay. and uh, Barnes & Noble. All right. Uh, overcome the key to unlocking your superhuman. Guys, go get it. Go buy it. Uh, I, I know you'll be glad you did, but where can they find you if they want to get more into your world? Yeah. First things first, if you go to artmorrisonthe3rd.com, so that's artmorrison, I-I-I.com, uh, a pop-up is going to pop up and it's going to give you the book for free oh, in sweet. ebook form though. So nice. I love you support and bought you know, an actual hard copy, but the ebook is there. My goal is I, I love, not one person has read that and said, this sucks. Uh, not one person has read it and said, Art, you're amazing. Everyone reads it and says, wow, man, like this really helped me, you know, uh, right. with my whatever, mental health or my uh, self-esteem. So I encourage everyone to read it because it is really good. And it's designed in a way that forces you to take notes on on yourself and identify, nice. like really have discovery. Um, the other place is Instagram. It's the same as my website. It's Art Morrison III. Art Morrison III. Those two locations will give you everything you need to know about me and and, and what we do. And hopefully you can you know be inspired by either of those pages or locations. Love it, I love it, man. Way to way to way to put the work in and uh, and be so successful. It's it's it is hugely inspirational, and uh, I've loved having you on. I've loved this conversation. We'll we'll come back and do a part two soon. Uh, but for now, uh, thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it, Mike. I appreciate you having me. It's all like I said, I'm only three years in. This is all still uh, surreal. I mean, it's not like I'm on bigger pockets or whatever right now. Like, <laughs> but like you know, it's a uh, just you appreciating and seeing, you know, who I am in real estate to me is just like, it's major right now. So I, I really, really appreciate you, Mike. So um, this is one of my best interviews yet. So you pulled the best out of me. I appreciate it. <laughs> good, good. I appreciate that. Guys, go check them out. Uh, man, just thanks for being here, Art. I really do appreciate your time. And uh, we'll we'll have to have you on, uh, you know, once a year. We'll chronicle, we'll, we'll document your success as you go. <laughs> and and I can then I can say I knew you when you were just kind of new to this. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. And, we'll talk. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, best of luck to you and, and, and the podcast and the growth. I, I really do love it. So I'm going to be sharing it with everyone. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, man. We'll see you next time. That was a fun interview. I enjoyed talking to Art and uh, I will absolutely do a part two with him. Uh, I don't normally like think about that during an interview, but there was stuff I wanted to cover that I know uh, he has a lot of experience and a lot to say about. So I think getting back with him in a few months and talking about the team building and what his goals are for the distant future, how he's going to build his empire would be really, really interesting for everybody. So we'll get him back and talk about that stuff because I think it's huge, especially at some point in your journey, building that team is absolutely, like he said, it's everything, right? That's the hack. That's the ultimate real estate hack is building a team and letting other people be great and do things that you are not as good as them. So it's all part of it, guys. Uh, again, hopefully you enjoyed that. But the number one thing is, uh, I th hopefully you, you took from this, like you take from basically every interview that I do, 
you've got to get out there and get started. You've got to get the wheels in motion. You can't sit around and think about it forever. Thinking about things do not make them happen. No matter what anybody tells you, you must take action. Get out there and get started today. Make this year the best year. And if you want help with that, if you want me to be in your corner, if you want me to really dive in and take a serious interest in your business and help you, you can go to sevenfigureinvestor.com. That's the word seven, sevenfigureinvestor.com. Sign up and I'll see to it that you have the year you plan on having and you build the business that you've always wanted. Okay. We'll talk to you next time.